Uh, I know that, that Trent and I are incredibly excited about this series. There's very few times in our life when we can look and go, things are converging at the right time, at the right place, and we really believe that this is something that's going to be incredibly impactful, hugely impactful for us as, as individuals, Trent and me as pastors, but also for us in community, the ones that call Renfrew Baptist Church home. In this season, we're going to spend some time looking at the, the physical and the spiritual aspects when all around us has dramatically changed. It's actually a, a healthy practice. It's a practice that we need to get into where we start to develop some life-changing or life-giving habits in this season. When we have nothing else, when everything else has been stripped away, this can actually propel us forward as we come out of this season. I know that the calendar, the calendar of, of fun or, or things that we look forward to seems pretty empty right now. I know that the routine is getting played out and you're feeling that you just want to break from from the normalcy that these last six months have, have become. I know that you, and I would echo that we are, are longing for us to be together. To see different people, to build into some relationships that we haven't had the opportunity for a while. Insert whatever you want in there. Trent and I hear you. Hopefully, as we progress this fall, We'll learn some strategies about some things that we can actually begin to thrive in this season. You know, we've, we've all been there. It might have happened last Christmas or that, that Thanksgiving holiday last year. You know, you, the belt just doesn't fit the way that it was supposed to. Maybe you accused your spouse of throwing it into the dryer because those pants are a little too tight. Finally, after some investigation, you decide that you need to face your fears and you actually look at the mirror again and you hop on that scale. You see, the, the scale actually tells us the truth. And the mirror helps us actually understand what we need to do. It's scary, but the truth sets us free. It's, it allows us to move forward with a plan. Now, don't worry. Some of you are quickly grabbing your remote. You want to change the channel. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about the scale this morning. I know with us being home, many of us have been struggling to, to stay healthy or to create that healthy routine. Today, Mr. Squibbles and Pastor Trent actually kicked off something that we're going to talk about. It's confession, the practice of confession and how healthy it is for our lives. You see, Jesus' central mission was to clear a path for God's forgiveness. At the heart of God's relationship with us is God's desire to, to forgive and to give. That forgiveness comes when we repent, when we confess our sins, when we ask God to forgive us. 
You're going to hear me say this a couple times today. Confession is liberating. Confession is, is both a grace that comes from God and a discipline. Unless God gives us the grace to confess, we can't do it. But it's a discipline because every day we need to claim and accept that, that grace that's found in Christ. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice that we make every day to live under the grace of God. What you need to hear this morning is that God cannot tolerate sin. He hates sin. Sin is detestable to him. There is no room for sin in God's economy. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says this, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension or disunity among his brothers. Well, let's just take a minute, and we don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but let's just take a minute to see how we tend to let sin take hold or set rule in our lives. God is actually asking us this morning to look into our lives and see where we've let sin make some pretty deep roots. You see, we've become good at justifying our sin by not calling it gossip, by calling it it's a healthy discussion or it's a, it's a proper disagreement. We've become good at, at pointing the finger at someone else while God is shining the light in our own lives. We've become lazy in our relationships with our spouses and entered into inappropriate relationships and justified that it was okay and we've rationalized it. We've moved what, what God has called black and white for our lives and allowed it to turn into gray. And in that, we've all become comfortable existing in gray. We've become good at not even talking about the effects of sin, and yet we compare our some, ourselves to someone else's life. Well, that's great, Matt, but let's use Scripture to actually be a guideline for how healthy confession actually can have a benefit for our lives. In Galatians 5, verse 16, it says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. I love this little description there in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Look at verse 19. The acts of flesh are obvious. And we have a great list. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Then the author reminds us, I warn you as I did before. For those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, as you can see from that simple passage of scripture from Galatians, there's this battle that's raging in between right and wrong, good and evil, sin and living that godly life. 
this battle continually rages within us. In such a way that Paul describes it like this in Romans chapter 7. We know that the law is spiritual. But I'm not unspiritual. I'm sold as a slave to sin. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I do, what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do, not what I want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who does it. But it's the sin that lives in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. I just can't do it. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. You hear the tension in Paul's writing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it. But it is the sin that is living in me. So I find this law at work. He continues to wrestle with this. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law that's at work in me, waging war against me. Verse 24, Paul proclaims, What a wretched man I am. Who can rescue me from this body? Thanks. Be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like this is how sin is actually affecting you? Do you feel like you're running on a treadmill and you're ready to quit? The treadmill isn't slowing down. It actually starts to speed up. One of Satan's greatest lies for us when it comes to sin is simply that it only affects you, Matt. Sin only affects an individual. That's a huge lie. A huge lie. The consequences are great when you and I choose to actually believe that. When you and I choose to sin, we can't. We cannot believe that our sin is just affecting us. It affects a ton of people. In the end, it affects a church, the bride of Christ. You know this. Sin affects every bit of our personal walk with Christ. We can't exist in the light and in the darkness at the same time. God demands, God expects us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. That's in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, therefore I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. I love how 1 John continues that theme. And in 1 John 5, 17 through 19, it's described as this. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone that is born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God. And the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So we need to pause here before we start to talk about the practice of confession. We need to pause and we need to wrestle through this question. Who or what have you given your life to? It might just be a, a small piece that you've given your life away to. But it's starting to affect your whole self. Today the, 
the very first discipline, the start of this journey of how do we actually grow together in COVID is to learn a very tough lesson. But it's a really important one. It's found in, in James chapter 5, 16. It's something that, that if we gathered as the church in this building or as we're gathered as individuals, it's the same message for both of us. It's something that we've quickly lost in our understanding of church. It's something we've lost as we strive to function in community. It doesn't even show up on the radar. The radar. Let me, sh- let me read it a couple times for you. Confess your sin to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is, is powerful and effective. Let's just read that again. Let's, let's not change anything. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I, I can see some of you are squirming at home. You're trying to find the remote control. It might be stuck in between the couch. You're trying to, to come up with something that will draw you away from the next few minutes. While you're wrestling to find the remote, let me just give you a break for a second. We're going to talk about the discipline of confession, but I first want to talk to you about the physical aspect of our journey today. In COVID, you've probably started or developed some pretty bad habits. You might have even started to utter these words. When COVID is is done, I'm I'm going to do this again. I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm not going to watch three Netflix shows in a row. Just like sin has great consequences to our life, that attitude of of procrastination can have great consequences to to our physical lives. Just like I'm calling us as a church to confession this morning, I'm calling us as a church to to start to develop some great habits in our lives. I believe that we struggle with corporate confession because we might view the believing community as a fellowship of saints rather than a fellowship of sinners. I mean, everyone is perfect or at least close to perfect. We all can't bear our to share our failures and shortcomings to others. We view ourselves as the only ones who are struggling with that. And everyone else is perfect. We hide ourselves from one another, and we live in veiled lies and hypocrisy. Richard Foster, in a great book, Celebration of Discipline, says this, We know that we're not alone in our sin." The fear and pride that that cling to us like barnacles cling to others also. We are sinners together. In acts of mutual confession, we release the power that heals. Our humanity is no longer denied but transformed. He continues that later in the book by saying this, God has given us brothers and sisters to stand in Christ's stead and make God's presence and forgiveness real to us. He then continues it a few pages later by saying, a man 
who confesses his sin in the presence of a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. He experiences the presence of God in the reality of the other person. As long as I am by myself in the confession of my sins, everything stays, remains in the dark. But in the presence of a brother, the sin has to be brought into the light. If you don't believe my words, believe Richard Foster or believe this from Bonhoeffer, who says, our brother has been God's gift to given to us, to help us. He hears us. He hears the confession of our sins in Christ's stead, and he forgives our sins in Christ's name. He keeps the secret of our confession just as God keeps it. When I go to my brother or my sister to confess, I am going to God. Don't worry. We're not going to open up the church and set up a confessional booth. But we're going to give you the opportunity to respond in a few minutes. All right, Matt, so you've laid out why we should, but let's unpack this a little bit. What's with the discipline of corporate confession? Here's a couple reasons. You'll see them on your screen. The, The reason for corporate confession is it actually stops us from making excuses. Our natural tendency when you and I are confronted with a wrongdoing is to deny, to deflect, to diminish. I didn't do it. She made me do it. You're making a big deal out of nothing. When you confess your sins to another person, you have come to the place where you're actually ready to stop those things. There's no more excuses. I just want to confess. The second reason for for corporate confession is that we actually get to hear the word of forgiveness. And we hear that we're forgiven. The word of forgiveness is expected and we hear those, those powerful words, I forgive you. The promise of scripture tells us, and we know this verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is something about hearing a confession out loud, spoken by another person that makes it real. As Richard Foster also wrote in his book, the assurance of forgiveness is sealed in the spirit when it's spoken by another brother or sister in the name of Christ. Then the third one, the sin, is actually given a name and it's taken seriously. We're actually held to account As we tell our brother and sister, they hold us to account. Someone else knows our secret. My prayer this week is that we would actually feel compelled to respond. To look into our lives and actually begin the spiritual practice, the rhythm of confession. You see, if we don't confess our sin one to another, I don't believe that we'll ever achieve spiritual healing. I believe we shortchange the help that's offered in Christ. We're saying to each other, I don't really need you in my spiritual walk. Foster said this again, the discipline of confession actually brings an end to pretense. God is calling us into being a church that openly confesses all of its mistakes. 
and knows and experiences the forgiving and empowering grace of Christ. Honesty leads us to confession, and confession leads us to change. May God give grace to the church once again to recover the discipline or the practice of, of confession. Bonhoeffer said this, a man who confesses his sin in the presence of a brother knows that he's no longer alone. He experiences Christ here on earth. I move from being in the dark to actually being in the light. In the next few minutes, I actually believe that God is calling some of us to admit the sins in our marriage and to get help. Don't wait till it's too late. The truth will set you free. God is calling you to admit the sins that you personally have struggled with and to get help. God is calling you to, to, to take your struggle and shine a light on it. The truth will set you free. God is calling you to turn away from, from evil and get help. The truth will set you free. God wants you to get help by admitting you actually need help. The truth will set you free. Augustine said this, The confession of evil works is the beginning of good works. Well, let me help you a little bit with confession here. For good confession to take place, three things are actually necessary. It involves an, an examination of our conscience. It involves us having sorrow. And then it, it allows us to have a determination to avoid sin. You'll see those on the screen there, the examination of our conscience. We actually have to take an honest and, and, and ruthless self-examination it then moves us to sorrow. Man, I'm remorseful for the way that I contributed to unhealth in my life. And then we need to move to a determination to avoid sin. I've got to change my way. It is time for us to be ready, for us to get prepared, because we want God to bless us, because we all stand clean before him. My friends, are you willing to shed light on what needs to be taken out of the dark? In the next few minutes, we're inviting God to, to move into our hearts and show us areas that need his forgiving and healing touch. Now let me go back to, to the start where we talked about, you know, sin doesn't just affect us as individuals. That's the lie we've bought into. I want to talk to you a little bit about our church. A church that openly confesses its failures and its humanity and practices the spiritual grace of forgiveness actually empowers everyone to live out the mission of God in this world. Honesty and transparency always leads to confession. And confession actually leads to transformation. We're changed. I'm going to ask Pastor Trent to, to begin to make his way up. He's going to walk us through what our response is. He's going to pray for us. I'm going to pray that, that God's heart would, would resonate with our heart. 
That as we are called to respond, this isn't a response that is just a quick response. It's actually a response that comes from what's welling up inside of us as we strive to follow Jesus. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about confession. We thank you that confession is something that leads us to transformation. God, help us as a church, as in individuals in the church, to actually respond to what James 5 says, that if we confess our sins one to another, that we can be healed. May that spiritual practice run true in our hearts and minds. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. I remember walking along the Bow River Valley on a path. And I turned to my friend and we were walking side by side. And it was just a really spiritual kind of holy conversation. And in that moment, we turned to each other and we just started to share honestly about where we were at. And then the idea came to us that we could, that we could share, that we could confess, that um, what we did was we wrote out on a piece of paper, I started to write out, I just wrote down everything I was thinking and feeling and, and, and shared very honestly, and then I handed him that piece of paper. And as I handed him that piece of paper, and he wrote down a bunch on, on his piece of paper and handed it to me, we took those things, we read the confession of the other, we looked each other in the eyes and we said, the Lord forgives you. And then we took those pieces of paper and we got really excited about just what had happened in this just simple moment. And so we took a lighter and then we, we burned him. And it was really fun for us to just have that moment where in our deep honesty to another friend, to a friend, that we were able to see God at work in our lives. I'm going to put up in, uh, on the screen, uh, this is a screenshot of the website that you can go to. It's a web link that is called My Confession. And what it allows for all of us to do in our kind of, this workout for the week, this practice of confession, is you can go to this page, go to this link, and read through this. I'll read this out. Um, here's three things for you to know. This is anonymous and confidential, that healing and freedom comes from taking a step like this, and that no action will be taken by the pastors regarding your submission. Um, the only action will be prayer. And then it's just simple questions. What would you like to share? This is a chance for you to privately get honest and share and know that someone else is going to read it and pray for you. And then you can know that once that's been done, then you can start to consider the next steps in your life. This can be a perfect first step in the path for you to be um, to wholeness and to health. And so my encouragement is for you to go to this link. Now, Sylvia is going to be sending a text message to those of us that are part of this kind of our internal community. For those of you that are watching for the first time, feel free to email the office and we would be happy to send you this link. Let me pray and send you on our way. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing, we ask for your wisdom, we ask for your courage. We ask that you would lead us to a place of confession, whether it's 
sharing with a friend and writing it on a piece of paper, or whether it's going to this link and filling out the information that will be sent to us as pastors here at Renfrew Baptist Church, where we will read and pray and hold that in confidence and confidentiality. Lord, thank you. Send us as your people ready and willing to do what is necessary to live this full life. Amen. Go in peace.